0: Welcome to another episode of Impact Theory. Today, we're gonna be talking all about how to think about imperfections. Let's get into it, because this is an important topic that you guys are all gonna want to master. And by the end of this video, you are going to have mastered dealing with your imperfections. Here we go. How do you stop beating yourself up for the things you had to neglect in order to be good at something else? All right, here's how we do it. One, perfectionism isn't going to be the thing that serves you. What you want to do is focus on what goal are you trying to attain and then what's it going to take to get to that goal? 99 times out of 100, when you're doing something, let's say at 80% perfect, you get the result, you get the vast majority of the accolades or the success metrics, all of it can be got without having to go all the way to that last 20%. And that last 20% is when you can drive yourself absolutely insane. So you wanna be really thoughtful about what standard you're holding yourself to. Because if all you're thinking is, man, it's all the way or it is nothing, then what you have to admit is your goal is perfection. Your goal isn't the thing you're trying to accomplish, right? The goal isn't to be a better parent or a better spouse or better at your job. The goal as you are behaving is perfection. Now, if when you say, yes, my goal is perfection, it's not the thing that I'm doing. It's, it is being perfect. So if I'm going to brush my teeth, I am going to brush my teeth perfectly. Wonderful. Then at least you're being honest. And just know that by trying to be that perfect, you're going to far narrow the scope of things that you can do in a way that you wouldn't have to, at least not as much, if you were Say, I'm just after this goal by this date, and I may have to win ugly, but I'm gonna get there. Now, that attitude gives you a lot more freedom. You can get in there, you can throw punches, you can get muddy, but as long as you get to the end and you get across the line and you get that victory, and that was what it was about, then things get a lot more interesting. A, you're not gonna be paralyzed by perfectionism. B, you're valuing yourself for achieving that thing, going through it, fighting through the mud, crawling, making mistakes, all of that, but you got there in the end. And then the big thing in all of this is priority order. And this is where people really struggle. You have to be willing to put things in order. Now, this is where people struggle because they feel a tremendous sense of guilt that they have to do all of those things as their number one priority. Let me break that for you. You cannot have multiple number one priorities. You can't do it. So I'll give you my life, how I go. My marriage is my number one priority, my business is number two, and my family is number three. That's the reality. Now I'm sure as my family members, it's not lovely to think that you're in third place, but my thing is I'm trying to spend, when I spend time with them, I'm spending quality time. I am focused on them. I am 100% there. not trying to be perfect, but I'm completely engaged. And by being completely engaged, they don't feel like they're in position three because I've allocated that time to be with them and I'm not trying to work at the same time that I'm with them. When I'm with them, I'm with them and that's that. But in terms of making sure that things are done in order, they're in that order. So if cleaning house is really important to you, but it's your fourth priority, then it's gonna suffer. And then the question becomes, why would you beat yourself up for doing things in the right order? So you know that there is a finite amount of time, you know that if these are the five things that you want to accomplish, you only have 100% of your time, you're going to allocate a certain percentage of your time to each of those, then what you're saying is this will get the results that the percentage of time that I've allocated to it allows it to get and just being really comfortable. So I don't beat myself up over that because I know it's physics. I am up against physics. I cannot slow time down. So the reality is that I'm only going to be able to get so much done. Now, of course, I can work to become more efficient and all of that stuff, and I do. But at the end of the day, I realize that either holding myself to this ridiculously high expectation of perfectionism actually reduces the number of things that I can get done because that final 20% ends up taking more time and energy than the 80% that got the result anyway. So looping around that, instead of saying, cool, I'm gonna get there, I might have to win ugly, but I'm gonna get there, and then putting things in order so that I know, yep, the thing at the bottom Belongs at the bottom for a reason and it is not going to get the time and attention that the other things are going to get because that's how ordering things works. So you have to be fearless when it comes to putting things in order. But oddly enough, really, really, a lot of people get tripped up with that. Don't let that be you. Own it. Own what matters to you in order. Write it down and stick to it. If you do that, and then you don't need every little thing to be perfect. You can make some crazy progress in the things that matter most. Other things will fall by the wayside. It is what it is. All right, next. Any tips on how to embrace my drive to accomplish things with a high degree of quality while also being able to be content with what I actually get done? All right, so you're setting your expectations too high. You're triggering this sense of inadequacy in yourself. So I will tell you that kicking yourself in the ass is super powerful, but my rule is I never do anything that diminishes my sense of self. Why? Because it actually makes you less effective and effectiveness at moving towards my goal is the barometer by which I judge whether something was a success or not. And if I have made a decision and it moves me away from my goals because it's making me feel badly about myself because I've set a standard that's too high, I'm nitpicking myself to death, now I'm getting worse, that's moving me away from my goal. And so I'm not going to do that. I don't allow that in my life. I don't allow it in my life. I do not allow myself to do things that diminish my sense of self and move me backwards. So when I feel it happening, I'm like, hey, even if it's true, even if I am the biggest loser that ever walked this earth, reinforcing that in myself will make me capable of less. Therefore, I don't do it. I have a bright line in my life that says, I only do and believe that which moves me towards my goals. So we're just going to recognize as we set these expectations, that it doesn't make sense to do anything that diminishes ourselves. So we're not gonna set expectations that are so high that we know that we are bound to fail or to set high expectations. I love that shit. Reach for the farthest star in the world, but don't value yourself for whether or not you achieve it. Value yourself for the sincere pursuit, meaning you really showed up, you really tried to get to that far star to achieve some insane goal. It was not rhetoric, you really showed up, you got in there, you bled for this thing. But the whole time, you're valuing yourself, you're cheering yourself on because you're really trying. You're the man in the arena. Covered in blood, sweat, and dirt. You might be getting your ass handed to you, but you're trying. And if you're trying, then you should be rewarding yourself. And if you're rewarding yourself, then you should feel better about it, which makes you more likely to get back in the ring and fight. And if that is the thing that leads you towards your goals, which of course it is, then we know that we are going to do and believe in that thing. Because now we're in the arena. We're fighting. Our behaviors line up with our desire to achieve that goal. So don't, Worry about whether or not you actually ever get there. Because let me tell you, success cannot be guaranteed. Struggle can. You will struggle. I cannot guarantee that you will be successful. But the juice is never going to be the success. It's never going to be the accolades. Just as there is no feast so grand that you will never be hungry again. There is no accomplishment so profound that it won't be fleeting. No matter how big, no matter how much money you make, it will never be quote unquote enough because you're playing a game of neurochemistry and your neurochemistry is designed to no matter how big your meal was last time to get you back out hunting again. It's just how it works. All desire is like that, it's cyclical. It'll feel awesome for a minute, for a day, for a week, maybe a month. But let me tell you, you're going to want to get back out there. You're going to want to hunt. You're going to want to accomplish again. So don't value yourself for that. This is how people end up making a billion dollars only to feel as lost and empty as ever. You have a hole inside of you that can only be filled with progress, meaning, and purpose. It can't be filled with accomplishment. Irony of ironies. But that's the way an evolutionarily derived mind works. You have to be pushed to go on the journey over and over and over and over and over and over and over. Satiety, satisfaction, contentment are anathema to nature, to survival. So of course, you're never going to be able to sit in that. You're going to keep going again and again and again and again. So embrace that drive. Accomplish Huge things, if you can, but only value yourself for the sincere pursuit. If you want a fighting chance against the competition, you need to be using the best technology and platforms in the world, like Shopify. has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus these prices you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply at what point does holding yourself to a high standard crossover into an unhealthy pursuit of perfection like we were talking about in the last answer, the second it diminishes your sense of self, you are doing something wrong. Ask yourself, why do I care about being perfect? Have you ever stopped to ask yourself that? Why do you care about being perfect? I think a lot of times the reasons that people care about being perfect is the job that they're doing never feels right it never feels good enough there's anxiety they they don't believe that they are worthy even in failure and so if you don't believe that you're worthy even in failure then you're gonna keep working on something and something and something and something and something and something until you're like it, it just can't be any better it is now perfect now I can give it to the world you're never gonna feel like that because the desire for perfectionism is really fear that you're not good enough in failure and so if you're not good enough in failure You're going to be compelled to try to get it to absolute perfection so there was nothing left that you could have done. And quite frankly, I think that when people say perfection, what they really mean is that point at which it is so good that I am worthy, that it will be received well, and that all of that work isn't really about perfectionism. It's about the fear of being rejected and your hopes that you can make something so good that either you feel confident that if I put it out now and the world hates it, I'm okay because it's that good. But in reality, I think that most people are doing it because they don't feel worthy. They don't believe that they are worthy, especially not in failure. And so to actually release this thing and put it out into the world is to face what feels like an existential threat of rejection that you aren't good enough, that you'll never be good enough, that you're not worthy, you will never be worthy. And that is why people chase perfection. So let go of that and instead be all about the pursuit. Be about working on that thing, that project, that piece of art, that whatever. See how far you can push it in a given time, and then put it out, see how the world reacts. And if they hate it, why'd they hate it? Learn about it, do you just need to get better? Was that not the right audience? But instead of thinking that, oh my God, I'm not worthy if this isn't accepted and embraced and celebrated, which is paralyzing, just know that when you put it out into the world, you're gonna get a data point about whether that audience liked that thing at that moment. None of that means that you lack worth. How do I go about determining a standard? How much is good enough? I have optimized my sleep, diet, and working methods. I need an answer to improve my efficiency and for peace of mind. Okay, this isn't about efficiency. I don't even think it's about peace of mind. The way you go about setting a standard is, what's the lowest bar that you need to hit in order to get to your goal? I mean, that's really the question. Now, if your goal is, I wanna be proud, and I want to feel like it represents the absolute pinnacle of what I'm capable of today, okay, I can actually get behind striving to do that as long as it stays positive. My goal isn't for this to sell for a million dollars. My goal isn't for this to be echoed in the annals of history. My goal is to create something that represents the pinnacle of what I'm capable of right now, today. I can get behind that. If that's your goal, get after it. If it is a project at work, okay, what do we need to do in order to get the result that we want? Who's our customer, right? Who are we trying to impress? What do we have to do to win people over? Again, going back to that idea of 80-20, a lot of times 80% of the effort gets you where you need to go. And going the extra 20% is really just waste of time because there's no sort of additional benefit. Like you got the job, you sold the product, you did whatever. Now, it doesn't mean aim low, But it does mean that if the job gets done at eight units of energy, you're better off applying the extra two units of energy to something else instead of, again, going back to that fear of rejection, nitpicking, trying to make it perfect. Unless, again, your goal is, how can I express what I'm capable of right now in this moment? But even then, it's got to be right now in this moment. You can't beat yourself up and, oh my God, this isn't what I wanted it to be. It represents the best you can do right now. Like if you've really given yourself over to it and you've really tried, again, rewarding yourself for the sincere pursuit. So you're rewarding yourself for the sincere pursuit and the end product represents the best of what you're capable at right now. Now, if you want to be an Olympian and go on and get even better, amazing. But remember, it's the pursuit of the championship performance that's interesting. It isn't winning a championship. So getting in there, producing art by the pound, as they call it. There's a very famous um, anecdote. It's not quite a study, but there was an art teacher who had their students do either one piece of art they worked on it the whole semester, turn it in for a grade, or you can get graded on the pounds of art that you produce over the semester. So every piece could be trash, but if you have a lot of pounds, then you will get a good grade. Cool. One piece done really well or art by the pound. Now, what the teacher has found is that the best piece of art, the best piece of art every semester, semester after semester, year after year, comes out of the art by the pound group. Why? Because they weren't worried about being perfect and they actually got good at art. They were taking things to that 80% stage, learning the lessons that they needed to learn. Going another 20% isn't gonna teach them more about that piece. Certainly not enough to warrant the amount of time. It's what's called diminishing returns. Maybe they would have learned a little bit more by going the extra 20% of the way, but they're not learning enough to warrant the amount of time. And so by just getting in there, And producing and producing and producing creating learning pushing trying new things you broaden your skill set you get a little braver you're more courageous you're taking chances because you know you can always do another one now in that you're awash with all these 80% pieces where you're learning all of this stuff and you just inevitably beat the person that spent all their time trying to perfect one piece art by the pound art by the pound the meta goal should always be to get better. So once you get to the point where you've learned the lessons that you need to do, aha, you had that aha moment, it's on to the next one. Turn it in, on to the next one. Aim to have a perfect career, which is full of failure, embarrassment, and just rich with hard won skill. That's perfection we're chasing. How do you find a boundary between constructive and deconstructive self-criticism? What are mental red flags or checkpoints we can use to catch ourselves when our motives are perfection over improvement? Okay, so we have to really anchor in on this idea of is what I'm saying to myself diminishing myself? Now, again, if you're giving a little bit of self-criticism, some punishment to get yourself moving, to take things more seriously, that can be incredibly beneficial. But if you're ever spending more than 20% of your time criticizing yourself, then you're taking the darkness, which can be very powerful, very useful, and you're letting it become corrosive. Once it becomes corrosive, it's no longer useful. So we have to understand that there's tremendous power in the dark side But that it's a corrosive power and that if you use it too much, it will destroy the only thing in life that actually matters, which is how you feel about yourself when you're by yourself. Now, giving yourself a little bit of a a gut check, smack to the face, kick in the ass, however you want to think about it, because you know you could have tried harder, you know you are capable of more, I get that like on days where I failed to get out of bed in 10 minutes or less. I don't feel good about that. feel bad about that. I don't want to feel good about that. But I also don't curl up in a ball and cry for the rest of the day. It's like, all right, you failed. That sucks. That does not, That's not who you are. It was a failing. You shouldn't feel good about this. But the idea is to do better next time to put a little more effort into that day to make sure that that bad start actually puts me in a better place because now I'm hyper-vigilant, really coming into this paying attention. And if you come into your life paying attention with that vigilance, knowing I'm gonna face that mistake, I understand why I did it, I was feeling lazy or whatever, own it, don't try to run from it, don't hide it, and say, cool, I'm gonna do better for the rest of the day. And also figure out, why? Why am I not feeling excited? What is it that's lacking that made it hard for me to do that, to get out of bed, whatever? And as you stare nakedly at your inadequacies, you own your mistakes, you don't blame anybody else. You just retain your power by recognizing that if you do something different, you can get a different result. And now, by making that different decision, we're able to adjust outcomes and that at the end of the day is the goal you want to retain that control so that you can adjust the outcomes now in terms of the mental red flags to know when your motives are spilling over into an improvement into perfectionism instead of improvement is are you feeling insecure because if you're feeling insecure about that piece and that's the thing that's pushing you to want to work on it more and more and more then you need to let go Because what you're holding on to is the outcome You're holding on to what other people are going to think. You're not trying to learn. You're not trying to get better, right? So the idea of improvement is we've got to try. We've got to get in there. We've got to be fearless. We've got to be bold. We've got to try things. We've got to really systematically set an intention and say, I'm going to try this thing today. Now, if you're trying something new, odds are that it's going to suck, but you've got to be looking at what is it that went wrong here? Now, if you get hyped up, Not when you get it perfect, not when somebody comes in the room is like, oh my God, that's amazing. But instead when you understand why it wasn't working before and now you can fix it. There's this great video on the internet of a guy learning a skateboard trick. It's insane. You watch him fall over and over and over. It looks so painful. But you hear him keep talking to himself. Oh, I need to, I'm turning too fast, or I'm doing the kick too early, or whatever. And then by the end, he keeps refining it and keeps talking to himself. And all the while you could be like, yo, this guy's embarrassing himself, man, this really looks like it hurts because it's like him falling 30 times, 40 times. And then he finally gets it. But if he had been like, you're a loser, you're never gonna figure this out, then he really wouldn't figure it out because that belief is going to change his behaviors. But instead, you can just tell he knows he's going to have to suffer. He knows that he's going to embarrass himself. He knows that this looks ugly. He knows he looks stupid. But he knows on the other side of that process of focusing relentlessly on learning that he'll actually learn. He will develop the skill. He will improve. It's what I call the only belief that matters. When you believe that if I do this thing, and practice it, I'm actually gonna get better and then I will have a new skill and that skill will have utility. When you believe that, then you actually take the actions that you need to make that a reality. And that's what this guy was doing. So that's the mental red flag. Can you feel yourself being insecure or can you feel yourself being obsessed over figuring out what am I doing wrong? Because when your obsession flips from how do I look? What are other people gonna think? Am I ever gonna get this right? And instead, it goes to, what am I missing? What am I doing wrong? There's something. I'm doing something wrong. And this is figure outable. I can solve this problem. When you get into that mode, then you really do solve the problem, and you really do come out way ahead. That's how you do it. That is how you deal with imperfection, getting better at something, not being beholden to your insecurities. So, guys... This is about learning, growing, and getting better, and that requires you to do a lot of embarrassing, difficult, painful things over and over and over. But if you're not worried about what other people think, you will not worried about being a perfectionist, you're just worried about learning the lesson. Go forth and learn the lesson. Speaking of things that will help you learn the lesson, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care, peace.